I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast episode. God knows what by now. We've been going for so long now, nearly well, over a, a year, about a been, year. Yeah, it'd be yeah. a year by the time this comes out. Yeah. So it's a very snowy afternoon. We're sitting in the Within. Uh, it's quite cold. And we're going to Huddled do a, under a blanket together. Exactly, exactly. Um, we're here today to introduce the podcast, obviously. And our guest today is James Walsh, a singer-songwriter, yeah. frontman of Star Sailor. Yep. Um, all-round lovely man. What a nice chat. He came to the Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen. Thank you very much for them for letting us use their space again. Not so, thank you so much for the hot wings that I tried there. And then James tried, bravely, mm. even after he saw or had heard what had happened to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was quite an experience. I the, think the patrons have seen the results of it because you yeah. filmed it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So should you want to see uh, Chris in all, all manner of bother eating hot wings, um, head over to Patreon and have a little scroll back through the post. 4am uh, I woke up in pain yeah. as a result of that. It was really funny for a while. <laughs> then I actually thought, oh, actually, he looks like he's in a bit of bother there. Um, okay, well, look... Um, we won't keep chatting. Um, big thanks to Love Beer and all the other people on the Distraction Pieces Network. Yeah, shout out to 76 and uh, Brad Acton from yeah. our hardcore listing team. Every inch part of the team. Oh, every inch. Um, James did. Shall we announce it? No, I'll let James announce it. All right it. then. Yeah. Well, you've probably read it on the podcast anyway. Enjoy. But thanks so much, James. See you later. It's a drunken soiree in the within. <laughs> Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. And we are rolling. Hello. Hello, right? friend. Yes, I'm good, mate. How are you? Um, I'm in better shape than you after oh. your uh, your chicken wing challenge that you... Well, it wasn't even a challenge. You took yourself on. Yeah. Well, we, we, we kind of... We're at the Hoxton Square Bar Iron Kitchen, um, and they've got a, a place called... Is it Orange Buffalo? I yeah. Is the name of the company. Like, yeah. And we want to do a... We're thinking of doing a hot wing challenge. Yeah, still want to do that? So, whoa, I don't know. I mean, that was just, that blew my face off. Yeah. The, yeah. Vi- the Viper was just all, all sorts of agony. Honestly, what, 15, 20 minutes of me constantly whining. I couldn't feel my mouth for, genuinely for the first five minutes. I, I did think you was kind of fucking around a little bit. Oh, was, there, it, was yeah. no, there was no pantomime there. Yeah. That was as it happened. actual agony yeah it was gross yeah um the wings are lovely up until that point yeah but that last one that that viper is something else if you want to stitch your mates up but they say like if you want a bowl of them you have to sign a disclaimer yeah and i had one mouthful of that so yeah i'm feeling better now is that a plug for it or like the opposite i I literally don't know it's a part of plug part of warning right okay yeah well um Let's welcome our guest this evening, who's um, who's come over to the, the Hoxton Square Bar. Um, hello, James Walsh. Hey, you all right? Yeah, good, thank you. You all right? Yeah, not too bad. Good, good, yeah. good. We uh, we reached out to to James on Instagram, and uh, and you kindly got back and said, yeah, let's do it. And before you settled on the top five that you did, was there any others that you considered? Um. I'm a big football fan. A okay. Big, big Liverpool fan. Yep. And I thought about something Liverpool related, but then it's like it's it very much narrows the appeal <laughs> of, the, of the podcast. And I think uh, what Liverpool players, so Liverpool of, fans, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
like top five Liverpool players or top five moments in history, um, matches that I've been to, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think I made the right choice. Would would them moments involve the '89 game? <laughs> <laughs> we we done a podcast earlier we were saying about football and I, and I, yeah. we, I, I stopped going to watch Arsenal in, in 89 and kind of got into music and, and, and stuff and and as much as probably not what a Liverpool fans going to talk about but <laughs> it was an insane game it was yeah. uh, it, it, Arsenal had to win by was it one one goal or two two, two goals two goals, goals yeah. yeah and and in the last minute of extra time, um, prior to the goal, I remember it was Aldridge and, and they were all just saying, one minute, one minute. And then, yeah. Good way to welcome my guest by uh, talking about... <laughs> <laughs> about crap thing. time for you guys? Um, well, I'm glad, I'm glad, James, that um, I know very little about football. So it would have just been a lot of blank stares yeah. <laughs> uh, from me. Um, was there any others that you might have gone for? As you say, top, top five events in time or things from history is what you just mentioned there what in Liverpool in football <laughs> yeah yeah or, or top five gigs that I've been to yeah that, amazing that would have been yeah. one I could have reeled off as well we've, do we've you want to reel, reel off a couple let's, let's find out what on. they were um, I think Blur V97 right this is was. ridiculous so weird, weird. so um, a couple of weeks ago we did a podcast and uh, one of our patrons had asked us to do one, which was top five uh, things in time. That if you had a time machine, where you, where would you go? Yeah. And we ended up sort of like not going into the future, but doing some things that you know are crazy. See the dinosaurs. But uh, our number one, we ended. My number one was V97 because yeah. I was I was 17. I went to that. I was blown away. Because yeah. of all the different music we saw there. So yeah, wow! What that was a that was amazing that that festival. I really loved it, and you, it was Blur. I don't, I don't know if Blur were on at the same time as Prodigy because I saw Prodigy. Was that the night Blur were the first night? I think, I they think might have been. so. Yeah, yeah, Prodigy yeah. were the Sunday. That's it. Yeah, I think I saw Chemical Brothers that. But was was Blur good then? Obviously, they were amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the first time you'd seen them? Yeah, I've seen uh, Oasis at Main Road, and uh, I think Blackpool Empress Ballroom. Oasis, probably my, my favourite gig, but the first time I'd seen Blur, that was pretty... I love the Charlatans as well. Yeah, amazing. Um, but I've seen them four or five times and toured with them and everything, so it'd be hard to pick a, a best one of their gigs. Oh, yeah, I saw the Charlatans, I've seen the Charlatans a fair few times. I saw them support the Stones. Like what at, was that? Twickenham. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it was meant to have been the first gig at the, well, before Wem- Wem- Wembley was going to be reopened and uh, and it weren't ready on time so they, they moved it to Twickenham and I had no idea Charlottes were supporting literally walked in and uh, they were playing can't get out of bed and it was like nice. this is a good start to the afternoon you know <laughs> uh, uh, so was you a because you obviously like both yeah, Oasis yeah. and Blur even at that time was you straight away cool with both or did you have a, a sort of like leaning because a lot of people back in then when there was a sort of bit of a Blur or Oasis war where, where was you on that? Probably a slight leaning towards Oasis um, before that gig in 97 because <laughs> <laughs> that was all kicking off 95 wasn't it? Of course um, yeah. But so I had, yeah I had the t-shirts I was 15 I had the t-shirts I had the albums or yeah. well I had the two albums and uh, yeah whereas Blur Blur was actually the first album I got that I'd admit to <laughs> getting or that I bought with my own money yeah. was that, that Great was, Escape uh, or Park Life? Park Life yeah on cassette from a popular supermarket chain <laughs> when they just started doing albums um, so yeah that was the entry point into kind of Indie or Britpop music, as you call it. So, are you you from Wigan? Was the whole band from Wigan? Um, I'm from Chorley. Okay. Uh, We're all from the northwest, like the keyboard players from Wigan. Right. And the rhythm section are from Warrington. Okay. And we all kind of congregated at Wigan and Lee College. So, Um, were Verve on the very much on the radar for you at that point as well. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say the Verve at Hay Hall. Hay Hall. Yeah. Oh, man, I've still got that on VHS. <laughs> yeah. That is so good. I think it's... 
Come On is, is spectacular. And uh, Verve at Glastonbury doing Gravity Grave. Oh. Very yeah. special. That was, that was a pivotal moment for me because it was like uh, up to that point I was a bit lost and I kind of enjoyed music and playing the guitar and writing a little bit. And, but that was the moment when I went like, yeah, this is, I'm going to make a real go of this. You this really want to commit to it. Because you, you, you yeah. started quite young, didn't you? Like, was it piano first? or? Um, yeah, I suppose I was, I started singing when I was like six, seven yeah. in the primary school choir. And <laughs> when my mum and dad had dragged me to church. Um, and then piano like 11, 12. And yeah, just uh, carried on from there, really. So you'd say it was like, Blur was the first thing that kind of real struck me that I want a bit of this. Um, well, by the time of the Blur gig, uh, Star Sailor was kind of in its infancy but starting to come together. It was the Verve gig at Hay Hall that really was the, yeah. the catalyst. In fact, they were maybe, I'm trying to think if they were the same year and what where the timeline is. I bet they far from, up, they're yeah. not too far apart, I wouldn't have thought. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah. So we, we're obviously going to talk about music throughout this anyway, mm. um, and obviously music is quite important in some of the things we're going to discuss as well regarding your your top five. So what is your top five going to be this evening, James? It's going to be top five Shane Meadows films. Yeah, that's cracking right, choice. <laughs> About time someone picked that. I yeah, guess. yeah, absolutely. We've, uh, we've been lucky enough to have Andy Ellis on, haven't we? Yeah. Gadget in uh, This Is England. And uh, it was wicked talking to Andy. Yeah. Um, and getting his sort of like we, outlook on the whole thing. We got almost got a little peep behind the curtain, didn't yeah. we? He was saying like um, that This Is England, um, correct me if I get this wrong, yeah, initially finished with... Oh, yeah. Um, Sean did... Did he kill Sean in, in the sea yeah, when yeah, Sean goes yeah. to the, the sea at the end? And I think Stephen Graham was going to was going to kill him or something. Yeah, or, or Stephen Graham was getting shanked. Was getting shanked. Yeah. yeah, someone was getting stabbed in the sea basically, Jeez. and he, he ended up getting changed, I, yeah. switched up. Yeah, I thought the ending was dark enough. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and that scene, like that. Well, let's let's not go there. Yet. So, <laughs> well, so are these there. are these in order, mate? Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well done. How did you find that, having to list it and go through it and think about it? Um, I went for more the films that I have more sort of personal affection yep. for yep. rather than... I think most people would say if you based it purely on filmmaking and plot and the whole thing, Dead Man's Shoes is everyone's favourite. Yeah. Um, whereas, like I say, I went for the ones... I'm not going <laughs> to reveal them no, of course not. just yet, but the ones that... Uh, that meant the most to me that I saw at a certain time in my yeah. life and stuck with me and stuff like that. So uh, that's yeah. a, good, a good way of doing it. I think. I mean, how many? God knows how many top fives we've done now. We must. I don't know. We're hundreds. Yeah. And I think you end up finding that listing it any other way that that's not personal to you is always mm. subjective anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So it is the best way to do it because you'll be reminded of points maybe. Uh, when you watched passion, it where he yeah. was and, and, and why there has that additional yeah, emotional attachment yeah. we definitely have that a lot with like gigs and, and stuff yeah. like that but they, even still films and that so cool well shall we um, shall we dive straight well actually just quickly what is it about Shane Meadows why, why did you go with Shane Meadows as, uh, as a director in, in his movies um, that's a tough question I think I just love his, his filmmaking style. The fact that he keeps a lot of the actors along for um, a lot of the films, like obviously Paddy uh, Considine's a regular feature and he's an unbelievable actor. Um, it's just relatable. It kind of, the same with when you first hear a singer or an album that you love. Um, it kind of opens the door and it's like these are the kind of films that I'm into I go back and watch Kez and stuff like that yeah and from that moment on it's like do you want to go and watch Fast and the Furious at uh, the Odeon is like no you're alright it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not for me 
No, I definitely he has got such a unique sort of style, hasn't he? Well, well he's his style. Yeah. And so much of his ad lib as well, isn't it? Which is, you know, there's 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 obviously a, a script there, but Andy was saying like he just points the camera then and he's like, just see how it goes. Right, but yeah, I, definitely in the casting. I think a lot of the magic in his movies is is the shrewd and the time he takes to cast people and get the right people for, yeah. the, for the jobs. Yeah. And he won't just put... He's held movies back until he yeah. knows he's got mm. the right person to play a role. He's not like, right, we're filming this then. Yeah. We're like, I've got a great film when the pers- right person comes around for it. Because yeah. then a lot, of you, a lot of the work's done then. Yeah. And you can ad-lib a bit better and, and a bit more. Because mm. yeah. you capture the spirit of someone. As a musician and a songwriter as well, the music's always perfect. Like the... The way kind of uh, music and visuals kind of come together—it's like uh, Scorsese's films. The, the the marriage is perfect. There's not the film wouldn't be the same without the tunes. Yeah, I completely agree, mate. I mean, people overlook how important it is in a in a movie, how it evokes emotion. Yeah, I because up. it doesn't have shape, so you, it creates a feeling in you. I was watching a documentary at the weekend that uh, I've, I've seen it so many times but I keep watching it whenever it's on the iPlayer the, the Synth Britannia one which charts the kind of evolution of the sort of synth music from mm. the late 80s throughout the 80s what's that on mate? on the, the iPlayer, iPlayer. BBC. but they, they go back to like one of the first kind of scores that was, was synth heavy and then it's Clockwork Orange and like you just hear it and you just think that film would not be the same without that no. music it's so striking yeah. and Horrible and cold, and it's, yeah, it just uh, yeah, amazing. What was that phrase they using? Was it hyperviolence? Is it hyperviolence or ultraviolence? Ultraviolence. Or like yeah. yeah, it did suit it definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So should we dive in and do a number five? Let's do it. What Go you on. got? Yeah. What you got? Um, off the top of my head, was it uh, Ladonk I went for? Number five. There was that you. Uh, from what I recall, you had that, and then you also you you was you was. I think you weren't sure. No, what no, no, you, that weren't one you bumped. No, it, I think it is. Uh, <laughs> oh, it Summer, is. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Summerstown went for uh, Dead Man's Shoes, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Although I, I still love Summerstown as well. But, yeah, Ladonk's the uh, roadie film. Um, it was one of the films that I didn't get a chance. Uh, I couldn't get hold of the DVD to sort of rewatch it, so my my memories are pretty hazy. Yeah. Um, but I, re- I just remember relating to it completely. Um, relating to Paddy Considine's character and the the tif- difficulty kind of keeping a relationship going when yeah. you've got these mad dreams <laughs> <laughs> and the ups and downs of the music business. Um, yeah, just the... That, that was sort of my introduction to Olivia Coleman as an actress as well and thinking she's unbelievable yeah. Like, yeah from that moment on it's like everything you see her in she's just reliable and excellent so just a funny little film it's, it's the only one I've only seen once and it's not because I didn't think it was cracking yeah um, but I would say it's unlike any of his other films yeah like it's, it's, I, I guess there's which I think I can say which isn't on your list, which is Made in Stone, I guess that's mm. the only sort of similarity in the kind of a, a music documentary, if you want to call Scorsese that. Mm. Uh, uh, but have, you, have you seen it? The Donk, I saw it a long time ago, yeah. and I couldn't really, like you said about refreshing my memory, mm. I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I struggled, and there was actually a movie on your list I hadn't seen, and I was like, yeah. shit. So... Thank you, yeah. because when we do these, it's an opportunity to go, well, right, okay, why have I not watched that? Mm. Um, so I chose to watch that. I yeah. could have probably somehow found the donk, but um, yeah, so... And, and thank God that that film happened, because Paddy and Olivia then done Tyrannosaur, which is fucking <laughs> off the scale. Yeah. Awful and brilliant. Yeah. Right. He sat in my drawer for ages because Pip lent it to me. He's like, "You watched it yet?" And I was like, "He's got an he's got an ulterior motive here. He knows it's going to wreck me emotionally." Yeah, that's not a date night movie. It is definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> but he's cracking. I love uh, the way he says. Uh, sorry. Good. <laughs> I love the way he says article monkeys as well. <laughs> 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 We're going to get on stage with the article monkeys. 
Because did Paddy's in um, he's in a video, before the lights go out, yeah. which is Paddy and um, what's the woman that's in that Nine Songs and he's in the trip. Um, I can't think what her name yeah. is. Um, that video is superb. Uh, have you, do you know that one? No. Where, um, do you, have you seen it, James? You know the one I'm talking about, where Paddy sees the shoe come off the top of the building and the yeah. girl's about to jump. Oh, kinda, that's fucking brilliant, that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, of uh, course, yeah, that's really good. Mm. And Stephen Graham's in... Uh, adolescent, no, right? he's not. He's in uh, when the... Oh, God. Oh, yeah, uh, Scummy Man. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the bloody night when the... I can't remember the Arctic Monkeys fucking song now. It's been so long since I li- listened to it. Yeah. It's one about the... When the sun goes down. Yeah, when the sun goes down, that's it, yeah. So yeah. when did you first watch Ledoc? Was that... Was it basically... You'd already... Was in the music business by that point? Yeah. Having those sort of like... Yeah. You could see in those... Uh, drawing those similarities, basically. It was a bit of a tour bus favourite. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just... Uh, just a funny little character in it as well. He's kind of, and the rapper's amazing. He's the best one. Yeah, he's just genius. <laughs> the Can bit where he's got the towel around his head, it's like just looking at him and laughing. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. It's brilliant. But we had, um, uh, oh God, Nick Hodgson from the, the Kaiser Chiefs mm. on a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he chose. Um, music films, you could say, not musicals, but but. And, and he was Movies talking... Movies based on yeah. music or bands. Yeah. And, and it was just all like what they watched on the tour bus. And it was things like that, Spinal Tap and, you know, just everything that... Do, do you think that's a... Did you find that it was something that you used to think you could kind of relate to it and kind of laugh at the ridiculousness of the industry as well by watching things like that? And, or was it... Is it just kind of... Yeah. Put it on a bit of a laugh? Well, I listened to that podcast and I remember... Nick saying something along the lines of it, it, it is exactly like that, but exaggerated, like yeah. t- turn up to 11. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's, yeah, it is, it is kind of, nobody's that, nobody's as ridiculous yeah. as Spinal Tap are all the time. Um, but there's plenty of uh, incidents throughout rock yeah. history that are completely real that they've drawn from. Like, one of the funniest things I heard was... Uh, Rick Wakeman was able to order a curry, have it delivered, and eat it by his uh, keyboards while a guitar solo was still going on. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that's true. Oh, that would be amazing. The thing is, once the time, by the time he'd probably finished his coma, his synth solo would probably have been twice as long yeah. as that guitar solo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh dear. Yeah, well, Nick was saying the reason uh, what he found interesting about it was that you know he was almost like using watching those band movies as a blueprint for creating his own sort of bands, mm. basically. How did you go about setting up Star Sailor? How, how did that all come about? Um, it, there was like an end of term because I'm a few years younger than the rest of the band, which. Uh, always enjoy reminding them of (laughs) there was an end of term sort of concert and they were going into like their uh, not their last year but the year before last or whatever they they were going in I was going in as like sixth form and they were into this HND or something Um, there was an end of of term concert with the whole college um, in this hall somewhere or church or whatever it wasn't religious that was just the venue and uh, the lad from their year who was meant to be singing this uh, Sting song, it was, Let Your Soul Be Your Pilot, <laughs> he had to drop out because he was ill. And uh, my lecturer at the time was like, I've got this young lad, he's, uh, <laughs> he's a bit raw, do you know what I mean? He's kind of, uh, I'm not sure if he's ready yet, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a risk. I, I think he's got it, sort of thing. And that was the first time Ben and Stella, the bass player and the drummer in the band, had heard me sing. Wow. And, and basically accosted me at, at the end of that concert and were like, come the 
George and Dragon for a beer with us. Yeah. And it was, uh, I'd sort of drank a little bit before that, but not to massive degrees. Um, it was, the rest is history. So, kind of so I heard your voice, got you hammered. And got me hammered, into exactly. Yeah. <laughs> was your confidence singing? Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those weird things where like um, people say, oh, are you you're nervous when you're on stage it, it's talking in between songs that really makes me nervous because yep. um, when you're playing or when I'm singing it, it the time just flies by yep. but those 10 seconds away especially when you just keep saying thank you thank you then you're like no I've got to say something yeah. else yeah. Um, and you come off stage and what what nonsense did I talk like <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I guess, I guess that is the most nerve-wracking part. I, what you were saying about, I can just imagine that, um, the guys hearing you sing, obviously it went well. But when you, we, we put on live music for years and we, we've done a, a lot with bands who's starting out or they're just starting to sort of like do their local touring and mm. stuff like that. And the thing that you is always one of the most prominent things with any new bands or any bands or is that if you you might be able to get quite proficient players, mm. but lead, lead singers and vocalists that's hard to come by, and to have mm. something that has a unique a unique sort of pitch tone and something that's strong enough to stand out. Yeah, and you've got that, James. And I, no, no doubt they probably heard that and thought, "What the fuck? We cannot. <laughs> Let's jump on this lad right now and uh, ply him with beer." And uh, what yeah, vocalists like kind of jumped at you that, that that kind of not that I'm saying that you utilised their styles, but like affected like you know the way that you. Uh, Jeff Buckley. Yeah. Like it's it's a bit of a cliche. Yeah. Because um, obviously. Uh, singers like myself and Matt Bellamy and Chris Martin to a lesser degree uh, compared to him and his songs. Um, but yeah, it was one of those where I'd look at people like Liam Gallagher and Jarvis Cocker and although I had great admiration for them and loved their music and what they were doing, it was just so far removed from my personality mm -hmm. and my vocal style. And when I first heard Jeff Buckley, like, doing hallelujah and last goodbye i was like yeah that's yeah that's it that's the one i can yeah. uh, i think a lot of people had a moment when they heard them songs for the first time i think that's uh yeah. it's a pretty powerful album isn't it grace and yeah. like but um i'll tell you what I, I was doing some research today and, and uh i mean christ i, I put a an album launch party on uh for emi was you signed to mm. uh, yeah yeah, yeah. When, when, the, when the debut come out, and uh, and I used to be in sitting up, I run in the clubs now, so I used to be in sitting there, and um, and today I was just going through some bits and pieces, and I'd never heard it until today. Like you done a Van Morrison cover, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And like, 
That's, I've, I've never, and that's one of I my, that, that album's probably one of my favourite ever albums anyway. Yeah. And, and I've never had anyone tackle that song. And you nailed it as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I heard an amazing story about Van Morrison and that. It's one of those where it, it's probably nonsense, but I really hope it's true. <laughs> Someone told me that they were trying to put like a Van Morrison covers album together, basically approaching like contemporary bands and the project never got off the ground because ours was the only cover that he approved that he said like, really? like that yeah wow wow so um, if even if it's disproved i know i'm i'm having that i'm yeah. taking that, that yeah, yeah. Definitely. just continue <laughs> yeah. to believe yeah. it anyway yeah. Yeah. no because um, he's supposed to be a right uh, grumpy bastard but <laughs> yeah i just can't i think to sing that well and to tell such amazing stories, I just refuse to believe that he's yeah. rotten to the core. There's, mm. He's obviously moody, yeah. but there's got to be a, a soul in there, there's yeah. got to be a heart in there, and he's been kind of... You can't write songs no. like Sweet Thing and, and, no, like, no. and not be... He's, there's a heart there. Yeah, you know. he's probably been jaded by the industry. I was going to say, yeah. he's, be, he's become robust because of the yeah. industry yeah. and yeah. probably got less time for for it all. And unfortunately, it probably means that there's occasions where he probably comes across a bit coarse because yeah. he just yeah. it's a self-defence mode. I think he had a serious drink problem. And then I think it was Cliff Richard that um, turned him on to God. Really? <laughs> and there's a single which is Van Morrison and Cliff Richard called When God Shines His Light, which is... Right. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it up there with the works of Astral Weeks, but uh, <laughs> sure, it was, you know, important to him. Yeah, uh, wow. yeah there you go. Okay, so should we move on to number four? Yeah. yeah. Um, which, which is Dead Man's <laughs> Shoes. Dead Man's Shoes. Oh, yeah. I've got it on my phone, so... Yeah. <laughs> I'm good, glad, good glad I got that right. Um, yeah, that's it's probably his most famous film, I would say. I, I don't know. The, this is England yeah. up there as well, isn't it? Um, but just uh, an unbelievably dark and uh, the music's brilliant on that as well. I don't yeah. know who does it, but it's, yeah. it's, it must be someone signed to Wolf, I imagine. But yeah, it's quite folky and and, and nice and atmospheric. But, yeah, uh, I think it's a lot of. Uh, is it Bill Callahan, Smog? Oh, is stuff. it? Yeah, and uh, Gavin Clark it's is on yeah, there yeah, again. Yeah, um, yeah it's amazing, amazing film. How, how did you hear about it? Because hmm. for me, it was like, I just remember like, my cousin going to me, I've seen this film called Dead Man's Shoes and you need to watch it. And I, he'd never recommended films to me. And I was like, oh, okay. I remember just putting it on and like it was one of them ones where straight away it was like, holy shit, this is fucking amazing like, it was, it's such a cracker did it just now you the first time you see it yeah I was already on the road with uh, Shane Meadows films because I'd seen 24-7 uh, yep. prior to that so I, I sort of saw it as a mark of quality yeah um, but it definitely took a dark <laughs> turn with that with that movie and obviously Paddy uh, Considine is Again, it's unbelievable. Just this, it's just, it's, it's such a me- so that was the first Shane Meadows, was the first film I saw of Shane Meadows because it was very similar to that sort of referral that you were saying, Stu, where when he makes he's like, yo, you've got, you really have to watch this, yeah, so I'm not yeah, going to yeah. tell you much about it. But that film can't really be much, it, it, you know, there's movies I've watched, I remember Napoleon Dynamite is a good example, where it was a bit of a grower. Like, I yeah. couldn't understand why I liked it, mm. but I kept on watching it. But Dead Man's Shoes, by the end of it, you're like, wow, it really has made a huge impact. And you, you, Considine in that is just it's unbelievable. And who plays his brother? I can't remember the name, name of the actor who plays his guy brother. guy from Rock and Roller, isn't he? What's his yeah, name? Yeah, he's been in a few great things. Um, I think he's fantastic in it. The whole yeah. cast is. But you, you also get, like, going back to Paddy, like all the insults, all, all his threats in it are just yeah. constantly... It's the first one, when he's just sitting in the park oh, and the guy <laughs> sees him, he's like, what are you looking at? And he goes, oh, you At first he goes, oh, nothing, mate. Yeah. I love, the f- I love that, yeah. that he has that... He is polite, mm. but there's an absolute rage and demon in there. Yeah. So most of the time he's like 
doesn't want conflict. He's yeah. completely fine. Yeah. If he can avoid it, he he really he really will avoid. Yeah. He, he won't start. But if he thinks someone's pushing on him, he will just switch, turn it on. And he like made me jump watching that scene. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You, you fucking cunt! It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It really is. Yeah, that, that it, and just the whole way he goes through them all, and, and the way he does it. Uh, it, oh, it's just, just amazing the, the gas mask is sinister as fuck as well <laughs> isn't it he's yeah. just horrible when they first see him he's by that door he's just yeah not 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 nice at all who no. did you watch it with James you watch it on your own you was you with mates or I think that was oh, another no. tour bus one tour bus really <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it would have had a different sort of impact if I'd watched it on my own <laughs> mm. um, but yeah it's, it takes something to make the characters in it so nasty and just vindictive and horrible to his brother that you you're almost <laughs> egging on the yeah. the sadistic definitely sort of serial killer going just to do your worst to them because yeah. they're horrible I think it's horrible the constant people. cutbacks to like the stuff that they do to him yeah. as well it just it just heightens your kind of yearning for vengeance you know yeah. there's depth in those characters and, and even though they might not be doing loads you might not be spending ages with them mm. what a good director can do is create that and it's yeah. not always with explaining huge amounts of their backstory it's about small subtle actions in what they're doing on a scene yeah. that makes you get an opinion of them yeah. and uh, one that is of dislike mm. and Meadows does that so well he really does flesh out people yeah. those characters um, so well that you are rooting for, for the guy um, and that rooting we're going to come back to that in one of your other picks as mm. well um, but yeah oh my, it's, it is a cracking it is cracking so I'll take it you're still a, a film nerd and, and love to, yeah. to watch your movies yeah. and that. so you're kind of family man now and yeah, yeah children and stuff and yeah. Yeah. so how do you because I'm, I'm the same and like how do you sort of enjoy a film now? Because for me, it's like, <laughs> just, I don't get much time that isn't kind of kids and stuff like that. So it's like, when I get that moment, it's like, I do want that couple of hours of just kind of solitude and, and, and film and, and no distractions. Do you, can you? Um, yeah, I guess, because my job is so kind of, uh, stop start like there'll be periods where I'm incredibly busy and all sorts of projects going on and quite often things get cancelled um, because it's there's so much going in and out of the the diary because um, especially like when you're working with people who, who have equally hectic yeah. <laughs> schedules so it's usually like some it'll get some it'll get pulled the day before and it's like brilliant I'll get down the Curzon or wherever and uh, yeah. see what's on. I saw uh, Lady Bird. I've uh, not seen it. Yet. seen it yet. Yeah, super. Really? really good. Yeah, yeah. And that that's another one that's like linking back to Shane's films. It's there's nothing. Obviously, Dead Man's Shoes is like a serial killer, <laughs> but so many of his other films, there's nothing. No spectacular event that holds it all together. It's just real life and mm. and capturing that like in this specific example the mother daughter relationship and um, yeah it's it's just just hits the nail right on the head so you, you get really absorbed in it and um, quite emotional and you think what what am I doing it's just like yeah like there's no one dying or there's it's no one kind images of images on just, the screen isn't yeah, it? yeah 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 but that's that's the whole kind of con for me the point of going to the cinema mm. is that kind of no distractions you're you're in it ain't you and it's like you want to there's no point sitting there being cynical is there you just want to throw yourself into a film yeah. I think yeah, and, yeah. you know if it's a horror film you want to be scared don't you you know and if it's a definitely or, you know you, there's no point otherwise you're going to get you're going to get out what you put in even yeah. when it comes to pay, like, yeah, with regards to your that, attention yeah. like um, I remember one of my mates used to be terrible to go to the cinema with because um, he'd always be on his phone and that's kind of embarrassing anyway mm. he was quite good at the fact he wouldn't be it wouldn't be a bright screen anywhere I mean we're going back some years now anyway I don't think they could have very bright screens back then but he'd be like I remember we went to watch Sunshine uh, Danny Boyle's Sunshine 
and he'd be on his thing, and then he'd lean over to me about halfway through, and he's like, do you get what's going on here? And I'm like, well, yeah. And <laughs> I'd be like, do you? He'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'd sit back, and about two minutes later, he went, I haven't got a fucking clue what's happening. <laughs> I'm like, well, because you're not really paying attention. Yeah. Right? How can you enjoy a film? Oh, I couldn't you? entertain that. If I was no. sitting somewhere with a phone, I'd be like, mate. No, I'm less, I'm less like it now. Yeah. I mean, that's going back 10, 10 11 mm. years, I think. But, um, yeah, God. I went to see uh, Hateful Eight, Quentin Santino. And I saw it at the cinema that he devised it for in the UK where you could have a matinee in the middle of it. And that's where Tarantino was there. About a day before I was there, he was there. And we were all excited. And there was a girl, when I went, sat straight on her phone and for the first five, ten minutes. Mm. And I was, I was, you know... Was she being terribly English and just kind of tutting and not actually doing well, anything about do you know, it? My friends know me for being vocal about stuff. But sometimes if something's upset me too much, it's best I don't say anything because it's yeah. going to open the flood great gates of rage. <laughs> and, my f- and my friend Glenn was sort of like the watching that one. and was sort of like, Chris, just yeah. don't say anything. Because I could tell shit I wasn't going to get yeah. a, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to have an argument in the middle of a Quentin's, you know. So, yeah, no, it's the worst. Yeah, that was quite weird. When I saw it, it was a matinee. I was just like, it's like me being like a kid in the 80s again. It was brilliant. <laughs> It okay. ruins the escapism, though, doesn't it? Especially if you're escaping to another time. Yeah. yeah. And someone's on their phone sort of uh, <laughs> Because it's impossible not to something. get caught up in it. And, yeah. and kind of just, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And you just keep thinking, when I go put the phone away? When yeah, I go that's away? all you're fucking looking at, yeah. isn't it? And it's like, I'm now not paying attention. Yeah, it's a tough one, that. Um, but good, yeah, Dead Man Shoes is a bloody, is a solid choice. And, and I would say a lot of people, like you said earlier, would put that as a, their number one. I wrestled with that yeah. in deciding whether or not that, that would make my number one because it does have a lot of, it's just, I think it's just his actions in it which last with me. But when I think about it more, I think there's more films of Shane Meadows that make, are more like Shane Meadows really yeah. in some ways. Mm, um, yeah. So yeah, shall we shall we do another three or? Well, should we pause for a quick second and, and get a get a few drinks in? And, yeah, uh, okay, and then come back for part we'll two. Come. Yeah, we we're, we're back on. It's funny Oops. you just mentioned bringing bringing the wings in in a minute, and we were talking about the uh, two shot pod, the Craig Parkinson thing in the break, and he does quite a lot of his. Uh, podcast in a cafe or whatever there's a few moments where it's like oh uh, can I get the bill please <laughs> <laughs> is he getting um, his grub book to him and he's like half having a conversation yeah. with him yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but they keep it all in because it and I think it adds to the natural definitely the natural thing of it he did a live thing as well but uh, I'm not going to talk about other people's podcasts I'm like, you're no, more than welcome to yeah. you know it's yeah. like like we were saying just when we was uh, in, in the pools between that podcast is about a normal conversation well that's what we aim, we aim to do yeah. Yeah. so if that comes up and um, we were talking about Craig and um, you know he's a guy, a guy we'd like to have on yeah. and uh, we're going to have to check out his podcast now yeah. but I think that's a good thing about podcasts is it's not as polished as there's not the pressure. <laughs> no one's on, ever said that about us. Polished, we started, no we started our Patreon today with me full on munching a bag of crisps, wasn't I? It's like, let's press record now. Mm. Let's not wait for a minute till I finish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think people kind of like that vibe, don't they? they I like think the, so. Well, my kids walk in sometimes in the middle of it and just start yeah. chatting, and it's like, yeah. get out! Fuck! <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I lose my shit and make you them stand in the shoe, garden. Throw a but, shoe. Like, <laughs> but it's not. It's, that's normal, isn't it? Yeah, That's yeah. what happens. You know, we're not in a radio studio, as you said in the in the break. Yeah. You know, it's we're we're in my back garden in a shed. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like there's, it's a house. We've there's kids. Not a, there's not a producer in your ear going, "We need to go to the news now. We need to go to <laughs> yeah, the news." Yeah. Yeah. The, Absolutely. But the worst uh, ones of those was uh, when you do like TV, and it, <laughs> you'd literally have like two minutes. There'd be an interview, and you've got two minutes to answer. And I'm not a, I'm not a quick thinker or a quick. I don't do sound bites or whatever. And he'd be speaking to like Vernon Kay, who's a, a lovely lad. Like we know him reasonably well, and <laughs> we'd say something like, uh, "So tell me about the album." And you'd say like, "Yeah, it's um, we recorded it in uh, Rockfield in Wales, and it's uh, right now we've got." <laughs> 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 and, it, and these, but these are the biggest. This is the biggest sort yeah. of 
press or TV that you do, and you, you just sat there, head in hands, going, right, can somebody tell me what to say when I've got 10 seconds to yeah. talk about this sort of work of art that we can't, well, no. But you, some, people mentally, but yeah. some people mentally rehearse all that stuff, and mm. that's fine, because they're just ready, right? It's just something that they happen to do latently, is they will... They're like, oh, I've got this coming up or whatever. I want to be able to mm. articulate this quickly. There's loads of us who don't. Like, we, yeah. we are, we're asked to do record podcast crossovers, which is like a little 30-second 30, 30 thing of us saying, oh, here's hardcore listing. This mm. is what we do. We're hijacking your podcast. And we're yeah. absolute, today we tried re-recording that, and it was a bit of a clusterfuck, wasn't it? Yeah, it was we were really, it was really struggling yeah. to get anything into that. You, you, when you started, you were like, okay, well, how are you, Chris? I'm like, we're not... <laughs> Don't ask me how I am on an advert. <laughs> I've never heard that in an advert unless it's about, you know, it's, you know, it's about a headache, like pain pills or something like that. So, so t- talking about TV shows and stuff like that, when I was doing some more research this morning, you played Letterman, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, we did uh, Jay Leno as well. Oh, um, right. Yeah, it's... Is that like because obviously you, you see, I've seen most of my favourite bands and stuff play them shows, and, yeah. and you just think, wow, that's you know, it. When you're your side of it mm. and you're on there playing it, are you hyped and loving it and thinking we're playing Letterman, or is it that kind of sterile? You've got two minutes, guys, and mm. go. Or, um, I think in retrospect, like the first year of doing all that stuff, of uh, kind of getting the big record deal and going to America, it was unbelievable. It was like, this is a dream. Did um, you, did you, like, because, we, did you, like, find that, are you one of the people that just was loving it as it was happening, or do you look back and think, I wish I maybe enjoyed it more, or did you, did you sort of, Max, um, was you always one that said, I need to write more songs, I need to do this, or was you just thinking, I'm living the moment here? And um, Yeah, I think, like I say, the first year we were, we were just, we really did enjoy it and really, or well, me personally, I got just blown away by the whole experience going, going and doing American TV shows. Um, but it's funny how quickly you, you get used to that and you think, that this is my life now, this is my... Yeah. You look at bands like Coldplay that just go from strength to strength. You like, so when it does start to dip a little bit, you you're like disappointed that the second album's only done six or seven hundred thousand when the yeah. first one did a million. You're like, what? And that, obviously, looking back, you're like, what a ridiculous thing yeah. to be disappointed by. But there's a label there, kind of going, oh, that's that's. Uh, we were hoping for two million on this one you're like, all of a sudden you can't, your expectations and your idea of success completely changes to the point where you it can get quite hard to the magic disappears the ma- yeah the magic disappears to a or certain maybe maybe degree. it wouldn't have disappeared as much if it wasn't for for the label putting the pressure or being, or being upset or disappointed where you might actually be like oh fucking hell yeah. that's still pretty <laughs> amazing yeah um yeah, it's a, there's a balance to be had there. And we've heard that from other artists. Um, friend of a friend who released a, a single that went, went to number one. Yeah. And then the pressure, they were like, oh, great, everything's yeah. now falling into place. Yeah. But then the pressure that they felt for, um, from the label that picked them up yeah. to deliver another number one, so it just absolutely ruined their fucking life. Because creatively, like, well, I'm... I'm writing, I'm doing this, but you know, I might not be able to deliver what the whole public will immediately see and, and, and become a commercial success on the next single that I release or whatever. It must be tough. Yeah. And I to enjoy it and make the most of it, like you say. is, is, is well, We're really fortunate that we've uh, been able to do gigs recently. Like, when we were selling out sort of Brixton Academy and places like that, there's a bit of like, like I say, where you just think, yeah, this is it. This is this is who I am now, and this is it'll be Wembley next year, and it doesn't work out like mm-hmm. that. But then, like playing Coco um, at the end of last year, in some ways that was even more 
amazing than some of the big festivals we did when we were really big because it's like this is like 17 18 years later and there's still a thousand people coming to sing the songs back to us and I think you definitely appreciate it second time around in, in some respects yeah that's nice to hear you know yeah. what to look at you sort of yeah you know what you're looking out for and what to be grateful for I guess and what to enjoy and take the time to enjoy feel free to dig into your chicken wings James that have just uh, oh, arrived yeah. I'm, I, th- uh, I think as well like you're a I was a 20, I didn't have the, I wasn't the most popular at school or anything like that. And we had this success when I was like 20, 21. And all of a sudden people thought I was cool and people thought the band was cool. And then suddenly there's a few dissenters and you're like, what, what are you on about? It's like, I've proved myself now. <laughs> yeah. I, I belong. <laughs> I, am cool. I am cool. I've got the proof. I've got the stripes. I've got the enemy. And there's people going, no, no, you're not. You're like, um, so then you, it's always like you're back to square one sort of thing. Just one person to go, I think this shit. Oh, what's so funny, which, which <laughs> kind of ties into that, which you were saying, I watched a thing where um, you was talking about um, powder and, uh, and you were saying that there was uh, a moment when, because you, you, you've done some writing with Matt Cardle, mm. and uh, Essex boy, and, uh, and you was in OK Magazine uh, referred to as uh, Matt and friend, uh, and then I think you said it had happened before with Vernon Kay as well, where it yeah. was Vernon and friend. I'm a face. <laughs> yeah. So I meet me and um. Yeah, you're just showering down on the wings, mate. That's cool. Wings, That's cool. Um, that was the end of part one of Hockey with James Walsh. Um, hopefully you enjoyed what you've heard so far. I'm sure you have, and. Shortly, part two will be there. Go and yes. have a listen. Thank you. Catch you soon. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.